Edward Guests. Hey, Jake. Uh, can you hear me? Now I can hear you. God, try, trying to connect with you is like a sci-fi film. Uh, uh, okay. uh, and, and that really works well because you, you are, uh, your genre is sci-fi and, and I'm chatting with you because of uh, your very innovative film of which you act in, uh, produced, and co-wrote, God, you need to keep busy, uh, called Stained, and it's on Terror yes. TV. Now, I was thrilled on uh, about Stained for, for two levels, because I'm a Shakespeare junkie. So, can, can you give us the plot and why I would say Shakespeare about a horror movie? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it is kind of, if you look at the original text, it is kind of a horror movie. There's a lot of supernatural stuff. There's bloody murders. Someone's eye is pulled out, which we unfortunately did not put in the film. Uh, no, the eye is, never mind, the eye is weird. My brain blood too much Shakespeare there. But the, <laughs> thing, the thing about it, though, and it, it's interesting because I find that those, even though I do feel that a lot of Shakespeare was, you know, made for the masses, that a lot of people have certain ideas about Shakespeare or certain ideas about horror. So I think the biggest struggle we had was trying to explain to people, yes, Shakespeare, and it's a horror movie. Because the horror people, like, they want more blood. And the Shakespeare people, they want, like, more text. We did not do the entire uh, story in Elizabethan. There's a couple of monologues and such uh, in there. But it's generally, like, it's just the plot structure. Uh, and we gave it a little bit more motivation. One of the uh, things that I always thought was interesting was that in uh, Macbeth, um, that they're a childless couple. And that normally, there would, in Shakespeare, Shakespearean time, there would be a reason for not having an heir. So we kind of addressed that as well. Um, but yeah, but it is an interesting trying to balance that line of making both audiences happy because they're not normally the same audience, with the exception of perhaps me and my director. <laughs> <laughs> and me, frankly. And, and I got to tell you, I have a feeling that uh, uh, Shakespeare played much more to the masses than we even we think. I think because he's ancient, uh, people just think it's, it's of this high quality. But when you really look at Macbeth, it's a horror movie. He is asking oh, yeah. dark forces to eviscerate his enemies and make him king. Oh, absolutely. And there's so many, and if, I mean, if you look at a lot of Shakespeare, there's jokes. Sometimes they're definitely off-color jokes. And there's a lot of characters that are just very, yeah, it, it was designed to entertain. I think the problem is the language barrier. That's literally just the way people spoke. So it's almost like someone in the Ozarks trying to tell you a story. It's hard. The, getting past that language is the hardest part, which is honestly why we did it in modern English. It's because the last thing I want is an audience to like be missing some key plot point because they just don't understand the language. Well, you're, so, you're, yeah. you're, you've hopped on a very uh, important trend because that's how we're getting Shakespeare to the masses these days. The, the movie O about, uh, that was about a, a a high school basketball player, no, a college basketball yeah. player that was actually Othello and West Side Story, and uh, that's that's just Romeo and Juliet. So, yeah, so you've that entered Blake, that canon. Uh, Nelson, right? I'm sorry. That was Tim Blake Nelson directed that, right? Uh, the guy from uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Like, oh, I think so. Yes, actor, Shakespeare. You're yeah. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Oh, uh, what? Yeah. Uh, now, now you're obviously a Shakespeare lover. You you you'd made that point. Um, what what made you what made you go into this kind of plot that it became a it became a, a cutthroat businessman? I I will be honest. It was it kind of happened subconsciously. Uh, we we started writing this this story about uh, this couple, and you know, again, one, we were originally starting strictly horror, and it was just about this couple and starting to kill the people around them. 
<laughs> and then just at a certain point, we started reading, and we realized it's, it's essentially Macbeth. And so we just kind of just let it go where it wanted to go. I wish uh, Neil Gaiman has a thing about there are two kind of writers or architects and gardeners. And I am very much a gardener. Like, I wish that I could write, like, here's my plot outline, and here's a story, and there it is. But it kind of, the way I write is I write stuff, and then the characters seem to just start doing what they want to do, and we go with that. Uh, and then Justin, our director, <laughs> kind of brought that world into more focus. But it is very much, it was kind of an organic process. I, I kind of like uh, your method on that. It's sort of like you, you've... You're you're almost Frankenstein in that sense. You've given birth to these things, and then they get they go on their their merry or not so merry way. Yeah, uh, this yeah. that was your first film. Yes, that was the first time you you've done a film on the that level. The first time I, I, I first time I produced. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been act, acting for years, and it was just one of those things that like just started because the the thing as an actor is you either can you know get that two line role on CSI or whatever. <laughs> or you can do the role you really want to do, but you have to make it happen yourself. You know. So you endorse so. the independent way. I I do. It's, again, my agent would hate me to say that, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I I love being on location. You know, with like twelve people living in the cabin. Uh, I met my, my director on this film, Axeman Two, actually, which was uh, Johnson Finney. Um, and the thing about him is he is one of the best on set directors. Um, I've ever met just because he's very good. He does his thing. Like when he's happy with the take, it's very obvious. He doesn't do the, the stoic director where you can't read him. Like he makes a very happy set is a very fun set. Uh, and again, if we're shooting a feature film at eight days, sometimes doing 20 pages in a day, you need that kind of leadership. Sure. So, um, yes, but yeah, I, I, I like, it, it's changed a little bit now that obviously I'm not going to leave the one year old to go shoot in the woods for a week and a half. So we're probably going to do more. The next one will probably be more like Brothers McMullen, where it's like shooting pieces when we can. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I like that, that gritty, like, do-it-yourself attitude. Just how I'm built. Uh, now, now you, you said the first time you, you went happily into everything and, and each problem hit you in the head. What was the biggest? What was the horror story within the horror story? I'm, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? What, what was the horror story within the horror story? You said this was, you kind of you kind of marched happily into this and each problem became a surprise because you were you oh. were still finding your feet. What was the big one? What was the one you went, oh, shit? Um, well, okay, string, um, I feel, all right, I, I, will, I will do the dirt thing. I'll <laughs> a certain location company. Um, and they basically were more, their location business model was, we'll rent you cheap, but then we're going to say you damage stuff and we're going to fill your insurance company. Um, it was where the locations that I got for free from friends, no issues whatsoever. This company that I gave money to, it was just like, they'd be playing music while we were doing stuff. And again, it was, in my mind, it was a little penalized pound foolish because yeah, they got money from the insurance company because they wanted to settle that and go to court. But I could have recommended 10 other filmmakers to go shoot with this company if they'd been cool. So, that and just knowing that and this is not a um, this sounds distrustful but like if someone t I would rather pay someone for something uh, strings would be opposite of that I'd rather pay someone for a service than have them do me a favor because in post-production we did have a lot of hey my buddy can look at this and we can do it cheap or whatever and then they've never got around to it right 
where, yeah, where I'm like, I would rather, you know, again, my budget is not huge, but I'd rather pay you straight money and, like, have a timeline and have, no, I need this by this day. Because, again, we shot the film um, very quickly. Post-production took a while, and mainly was due to low budget and, like, kind of finding some of the elements. So, I mean, obviously, we, we knew editors and some stuff like that, but in terms of how to deal with a score, how the fact that your score and your dialogue need to be on separate uh, separate tracks so that they can change, uh, do uh, foreign language and such. I'll, I'll be honest, that was completely new to me, but obviously I know it now. <laughs> I hear It was a learning process uh, doing this, yeah. Uh, and and all of these these valuable lessons you're going to take to your next show. Have have you have you begun work on your next project? Yes, um, it, this is a strictly a, a sci-fi creature feature. It's called The Shield, um, at least for now, unless we come up with a different title. Um, but that, that this one is pretty much strictly a monster movie. Uh-huh. It, has, it has yeah, it has two locations. But the the idea, um, which is strange, I came up with this before the child, but um. He's basically a scientist working at, like, a DARPA lab. Um, he, his child is injured in a car accident. He puts something experimental in her just to try to save her life. And then uh, horrible things ensue. But that is the plot of this one. Oh, that sounds like a good old classic. That sounds like your oh, yeah. classic 1950s, we are going where we shouldn't and see what happens sort of movie. That's great. Yeah. Which is very strange, because my actual, my personal opinions are like, I kind of think, I like the idea of biohacking, again, I don't think it's something that people should be doing without medical supervision, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like we have the, the knowledge to upgrade, and you know, people who are taking like a phenylparacetam, or like any of those smart drugs, or whatnot, it's like, if, they have, if they've done enough studies to find out there aren't serious side effects, I think why not try to optimize yourself, again, we're built to be hunter-gatherers, but we have a very different society now. So that idea of, like, modifying ourselves, I kind of like. But, again, the story of this film, it obviously goes on. There, there's obviously a dark side to everything. Yeah. But I do like that people are finding ways to, I get optimized, even though that's such an overused phrase. <laughs> that, well, it's, it, it sounds rather fantastical when we're talking in this conversation. Uh, yeah. So, so, so you're talking about you, you do the good old fifties. Now you have the you, before that you have uh, uh, the great Shakespeare in terms of your work. Okay, what uh, uh, are, are we looking at? A Greek tragedy right now? Are we in the middle? Uh, I, I say this of all genre of all genre filmmakers. Uh, we're living in a horror movie right now. So, if I said to you, "We're living in a horror movie," what would you say to me? That we're living in a horror movie now. Yeah. I, I think it would it would be one of those like dark. Uh, it would be a more dark character piece. It'd be almost more because I'm lucky. I have a family. Um, I have you know my like friends and people I can talk to. But I'm sure there's someone who was kind of isolated to begin with, who maybe worked. They had work friends they weren't close with, but now they're really isolated. Uh, so I think it would be more of going along the madness of that poor guy who, like, you know, he had some co-workers at work, and maybe he's okay financially, maybe he isn't, but he's just alone in his apartment. P- particularly, let's say he's in a harder city than, than we are right now. Uh, I'm in Pasadena, and we're, we're on lockdown, but it's mainly as a preventative. But if someone was in a city, if we ex- expanded it, where literally you go outside to die, and he's trapped in his apartment by himself, 
I, I think the loneliness in that is probably the bigger problem. I mean, we're all worried about, you know, getting sick. We're all, we're all worried about the financial issues. But, I mean, people without any sort of support system emotionally, it's just like being by yourself for months, that's, that, that's not healthy. So, so you think we're, we're in a, a psychological thriller, if you will, because yeah. who knows what the mind is going to do. It's funny you say that because uh, uh, Governor Cuomo, in many of his speeches, someone had, had uh, asked him a question, and, and he diverted. He didn't divert the question, but it, it diverted his attention, and he suddenly thought of all the, the single people truly stuck in their apartments without anything, and they're exactly what you were saying. I'm, I'm in the epicenter. I'm calling you from New York. So, so when you say yeah. the big place, yeah, I, uh, you know, New York never does anything small, and here's proof again. Um, yeah. What what kind of movies? What are we going to see in terms of horror films from this? We're all going to eventually leave our homes. Uh, this will yeah. end in some form, and and the writers are going to write, and the filmmakers are going to film. What's what's the new trend in genre film after this? I would think it would actually be more technical than story wise. I do believe that you know the humans are humans, so we're going to have. That's why I think Shakespeare's relatable now. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, here's the the big lie that we're all telling ourselves. I think is that everything will get back to normal, hmm. um, and it's not. And it's uh, my brain's been going over this like self help quote about like the learned man is like. It's a, the, the learner inherits the earth, but the learned man is equipped for a world that no longer exists. <laughs> and I, <laughs> That's great. Well, I've never heard yeah, that before. I That's thought, wonderful. Oh, well, it's not mine, but you can use it. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, uh, but the thing about it is, like, I feel like the society is going to change. We're going to be, I mean, first of all, there's going to be some good people who are like their boss are like, no, you're not allowed to work from home. We can't trust you. Oh, you can probably be not from home. Um, so there's going to be some good things like that, but I think, like, we're just finding some, it's almost like, um, a litmus test. We're finding some huge flaws in just how the way we do things is, uh, structured. Just in terms of like, yeah, I can't be, I can't be like, well, I have my health insurance, so screw you. Because it's like, if I can't get in to see a doctor for my broken hand, I know someone actually broke their hand, and they can't get in to see a doctor right now because it's not a respiratory issue. Right. Um. So, so I feel like the this the stories are the same, but it's going to be stuff that maybe would have been considered outlandish or too sci-fi. It's going to be considered more the norm. I think there will be actually scenes where people are video conferencing more, or scenes where people are are more isolated and doing things. Uh, it, it's going to be a very strange dystopia because not the Blade Runner that we are all expecting. It's going to be more just people being more isolated. Right. Um, so I could see I could see a lot more. Honestly, I could see films where obviously they had higher quality cameras, where people are having a discussion and there's a video chat, and then maybe there's something going on in the background as opposed to, well, we need to have everyone to get together for a conference. That might actually now seem more unrealistic in terms of like I mean, like we have that scene in uh, in uh, Stain, is you know the boss gets everyone together in the same room to talk about the new IPO. Like that is probably now going to be something that's like. You know, emails, uh, stupid meetings in general work is probably going to be less likely. You know, that everyone needs to be here at 8 a.m. for no apparent reason. That's going to go away. Everything that could have been an email will be an email. So I think it's just a more, more of a matter of how we're going to see characters interacting more than that the stories are different. 
Interesting. You know? It, it's funny, I just got off the phone with someone who said the exact opposite. They said that, that we're all going to become so much more tactile that because we've missed it so much, we're, we're all going to want to hug and come into the same room and be together and all of that. And, and I'm hearing from you that, okay, well, well now, uh, now, now the fear might kick in and we're going to have a new level of fear. Uh, and, and, and so we may end up uh, uh, doing far more distance at certain points. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, because the thing is, and I, I am definitely not a scientist, but from what I understand, um, I mean, this is a, COVID right now is a version of SARS, which was a version, it's like, this is, if we find the cure to this one thing, that does not mean another pandemic cannot happen of course. 10 years from now, two years from now. So I think the fact that now that we're, you know, it's like once you get robbed, you are much more conscious of locking your, your house. You know, so I th- I'm not saying like you're still you're still gonna be. I think it'll be more. You get super close with the people you're close with, like your friends, family. You'll absolutely be hugging them. But in terms of talking to strangers, uh, in turn, I think we're just getting used to that six foot space. To be honest, mm-hmm. you know, just all out of habit. You now, someone walks, you're gonna make sure you get that extra feet away from them. I feel like getting closer to to strangers or going out to clubs, there might be more fear. Whereas I think if it's a close group of people that you know and love, I think it might be more tribal rather than just big going out and like hanging out in the city kind of stuff. Um, it's, it, it, you, you bring up a real interesting point with this. It's, it's creating a brand new reality. When you said things that, that, that might seem outlandish are no longer outlandish. Uh, I laugh yeah. because uh, whenever I lock my car, I lock, I'm, I'm of a certain age that I remember uh, the eighties very well. And, uh, whenever I lock my car, my, my son will sit there and say, what are you doing? Why do you have to lock and check the windows and the do- What do you have to do that for? And without, without a beat, I just look and say, I was in the 80s. And he doesn't necessarily understand that, but, but it's basically saying there was one reality and now there's another reality, but I'm not going to leave my reality. Do you think, um, and, and I say this as a, as a, a quip whenever I speak to, to a fellow genre lover, uh, do you think that, that horror filmmakers and horror writers uh, get it sometimes more than than even even a scientist, if you will, because you're tapped into another kind of reality. Um, how many horror movies are we looking at now and saying, why didn't we pay attention to Night of the Living Dead, to the crazies, to to Contagion, to uh, Outbreak, to all of this? Do you think do you think you guys are de facto philosophers that we really should pay attention to much closer? I, I want to make it broader than that. I don't think it's horror films. But I think it's story storytellers. Hmm. Um, because it's because I mean, my favorite part about Night of the Living Dead is it has nothing to do with zombies. It has to do with how people act when there's this. I mean, it could have been termites. It could have been like it could have been any sort of monster out there. And then you get you know seven people in a house, and they have to deal with each other in this crisis situation. Because the story is, I mean, there's zombies in it, but the original one is basically, it's about humans being awful to each other in times of crisis. Right. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, if, if you just took out all the zombie scenes, and, and it, basically we're living it now in a, a, a family sitting in a, in a room somewhere, uh, and the monster's outside, the monster could, is in the air, it doesn't have to be walking towards you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and again, it is... It's it's a class. I mean, like again, I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm with my family. But what if this were? What if this were faster? What if this weren't? Um, we found out about in January. We had a couple cases, and it's spread, it's obviously spreading very quickly. Mm-hmm. But what if it was something like 
literally you were at work and then this, this thing's coming, this gas or whatever, you all had to run into your house. Um, and like you were suddenly maybe trapped there with people you didn't even know. It would be a very different to be quarantined with strangers and people you might have animosity to than to, okay, I had a chance to stock up. I got my, my toilet paper and all that other stuff. And now I'm just nesting watching Netflix. If this had happened faster, uh, it would be a very different story. If you just had to like hunker down at your job, maybe with a coworker, you just had a fight. It's a very mm. different psychological thing. Wow. You know, it suddenly make, yeah, it, actually, it makes me think. That makes me think of everything from that Twilight Zone uh, called the bunker all the way through. Wow. No, the shelter. Yeah. Uh, it's strange that you just reminded me. I have to do a shout-out to my, my co-producer, Ariel Blackbelt. Her husband, uh, Hank Braxton, did a film with her called um, Chemical Peel. And I just realized that is essentially their plot, is that there's some sort of toxic spill, and people end up trapped in a, in a house together, um, which is a... A fun little movie. It's dark as heck, but um, but it's like again that same kind of idea. Just like um, yeah, if if this were faster, it'd just be a much worse situation. And I could see people being very unhealthy to each other. Wow. That I I I think every filmmaker is now taking notes because I have a feeling that you've just started a major trend. Uh, <laughs> It is a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, uh, I'm a Shakespeare junkie, as I said, and so so I'm going to sit and watch Stained and know exactly what you're talking about on every level. Uh, and and I can't wait for your next movie. And uh, I'm I'm thrilled that you're part of the Terror TV family. And and I look forward to so much more. It was a pleasure speaking to you today. You as well. Thank you so much. Be safe. Thanks. Ciao.